Hello, dear ones, and welcome to Subtle Medicine Radio, brought to you by InnerSpark. This is the resource for all things holistic healing, natural living, conscious relating, epic life-changing, and spirituality, all steeped in earth-based wisdom. I'm your host, Devin, and with me, as always, is my co-host and podcast producer, Mike. Hey. On today's show, episode 24, we're discussing the four pillars of wholeness. Ooh, what's that? And when they're used together in a holistic approach with resources that are suited to you, they can bring healing beyond what you think is possible for yourself. So let's dive in. Let's go. I'd like to preface these four pillars in this whole episode by talking about this idea of a core wound. The core wound. I think it's something that we have all heard, we're familiar with. So what, what is it, right? This core wound. It's just kind of fun to say, say yeah, it. The core wound. Right, it's like kind of dramatic and sexy, right. but it's real. So we all have this main epicenter of challenge. The core wound is deep, it's subtle, it's insidious, it's often ancestral and it's painful. We spend so much of our energy running from it, pacifying it and bypassing it. We look for these quick fixes. We look for external validation and um, external answers. We numb ourselves with substances, with technology, with drama, and, and anything else, right? And ultimately, these core wounds are running the show. The truth is, however, that this core wound is your liberation. That's the coolest thing about it. So we spend all of this time and energy and money and resources kind of trying to fix the symptoms, the things that the core wound creates in our lives. When the truth is, if we just kind of looked a little bit below the surface, just dug a little deeper, we have this like treasure map and this amazing key to our liberation. So through it, not around it or over it or under it or away from it, through it is your sovereignty and your purpose and so much wisdom. And all the other surface fixing things are just band-aids. And so for most of us, especially women, the core wound is rooted in a deep story of feminine shame that they're carrying from this lifetime and from their lineage and how that uniquely shows up for you. So how your unique flavor of shame and how this unique core wound that is just yours shows up for you is your treasure map because that is the way to your purpose, to your wisdom, to your liberation, to your sovereignty. So when you're dealing with something this subtle, how do you distinguish between the core wound and the superficial? Like I could get wrapped up in something that I think, oh, well, this is my core wound. Like if I lost weight, then I wouldn't feel bad about myself and I wouldn't this, that and the other. So I may think that losing weight is my core issue. How do I or whatever, you know, the issue mm -hmm. is, uh, how do you get the focus off of what seems like the obvious issue and on to what really needs to be worked through. Fabulous question, as always. You're such a good question asker. Right, so this is often the most challenging, creative, and rewarding part of my work. I really enjoy getting people to see things differently, to see things in a new way, and wait, you brought up such a great example. We spend so much time fixating on these, the, the, the surface things, like you said. So losing weight, the food, the diet, those things. And those are not the core issue. And I heard you ask in, in your question, you know, oh, if I lose weight, I'll, I'll feel better about myself. 
And the fun part here is you get to reverse engineer the whole thing. So you might have the symptom, right? The symptom in this case, in this example that we've made is excess weight. And you're saying, I will feel so much better when I lose weight. Well, no, let's kind of back up and reverse engineer this thing like I just said. Look at how the symptom makes you feel. So the symptom, weight, I feel bad, right? And maybe we can get a little more specific. Bad's not necessarily a feeling. Maybe we can get really, really clear here. And now let's entertain the idea that you feel that way, not because of the weight. You felt that way first. And the weight is a simply a physical manifestation of how you were already feeling. So the weight, these, these symptoms are not the core issue. And several people may present with the exact same symptom. However, the core issue may be different for each and thus offering surface solutions, diets, trendy exercise, boot camp program, extraordinaire, etc., may not yield lasting results. Because until you understand the reasons behind why this bothers you so much and really get to that thing, you'll see that it has nothing to do with the weight. And by addressing the main thing, the weight will probably just start to kind of fall off as a happy consequence. Unraveling the roots of these things and reclaiming sovereignty. And I love this word sovereignty. Sovereignty to me is this independence, this freedom to really be who you are, to operate independently of limiting beliefs and habits and patterns that were programmed into you or passed down to you, but to really just be you and live from that place of clarity and freedom. So unraveling the roots of these symptoms to get to the core wound and then unraveling the core wound and reclaiming your sovereignty and your wholeness requires simultaneously addressing these four pillars. Okay, are you ready for them? The core wound, regardless of its unique flavor and how it shows up in your life, regardless of the symptoms that it brings to you and, and your unique life, will always create these four main blocks, which when transformed are the four pillars to wholeness that I'm speaking of. So the first block is distrust of the physical body. The second is a disconnection from nature and natural living. The third is disrespect of your subtle, sensitive, and intuitive nature. And the fourth is a distorted view of your challenges and wounds. So when we take our power back and put these in positive, affirmative ways of being, we're creating body trust. We're creating a deep connection and reverence with nature and natural living. We're learning to respect and work with and leverage our subtle and sensitive and intuitive ways and not shame them or um, look at them as, as burdens. And then finally, we're, we're learning to turn these challenges and these wounds into purpose. So transmuting them into, into purpose. Like, why are we here? Why did we come here in this life? Why are we carrying these things? It's not to just walk around and kind of be miserable and just get through it. It's to work with it and, and create and turn them into something that is, is art and useful and productive as opposed to destructive. So let's get into these pillars a little more in depth, in depthly. I love making up words. Okay. Number one, body trust. Do you actually trust your body? Like straight up, I'm asking you right now, do you trust your body? Do you feel connected to your body? Do you trust her wisdom and guidance? Do you fully and sincerely trust that wisdom? And do you allow her to take care of you? Do you allow her to serve as the translator and the host and the guide that she is? That's ultimately what this vessel is. It's, it's our little house, our little translator, our conduit. You're simply a steward of this beautiful suit 
and this beautiful suit that you're wearing is fashioned together with little bits of stardust and ocean water and soil and moonbeams and all these really ancient, ancient, wise things that have been here for a long time and understand how this earth thing works and can take care of you so that your essence can fully embody and be here and feel safe and happy and do what you came here to do, whether that's heal your lineage, whether that's serve animals, well, you know, whatever it is, if you're not trusting the thing that you're riding around in, it's going to be really hard because all of your energy is going towards like, oh shit, what do I do? And I don't know. And I have to think about this and I have to read these studies and learn these things and follow these trends. Do you, do you see how much time and energy that takes? That's how much time and energy that takes away from you doing what you're supposed to be doing, what you came here to do? Yeah. So some symptoms of distrust of the body are making choices based primarily on intellect and logic and something that you read versus what you feel and know with your cells. And as, as I list these, kind of check yourself. I mean, I'll own up to it. I've done all of these things. Another symptom of body distrust is fearing that she'll let you down and that she must be controlled. And look at the way we speak about weight, you know, control your weight, control this, control your cravings. Like we need to, she's something to, to control and can't be trusted and she'll let us down. And it, those of us also that have suffered with physical health challenges, it's like, oh my goodness, is she gonna, is she gonna let me down? Am, am I, is, is this, this good spell that I'm on right now going to stop? And am I going to go back into the whatever challenge it was, insomnia, digestive disorder, um, hormonal problems, right? She's going to let me down. I have to control her. Another symptom is under or over exercising and diet trend hopping. I think we've really beaten the head. What is, what is beaten that? Beaten the drum. Beaten the nail. Like we've beaten that one over the head. Something like that. That yeah. that's some we've talked about it ad nauseum already. Right. Like fifteen minutes into the show. So this real this real fixation on controlling the body, like I just said, under or over exercising and diet trend hopping. Right? Like I'm gonna go try I'm gonna be a vegan this week, I'm gonna be paleo next week, I'm gonna do this next week, and um going through periods of just inconsistently showing up for your physical body in the realm of movement. So having periods of completely being sedentary and periods of just like gung-ho, almost punishment, like boot camp status exercise. Another symptom of body distrust is various health issues. So whether it's those pesky mystery symptoms or the diagnosable ones, things get to that point when we have ignored the body's cues and the body's wisdom. And if you're at the, the earlier stages where you're kind of having those pesky mystery symptoms, there's an opportunity there for you to really lean in and, and listen to what's needed. Same thing goes for a diagnosable issue as well. There's never this, you know, end all be all. I have this thing. I am this thing. I'm screwed. There's always wisdom to be gleaned and always an opportunity and an invitation from the body to learn more bypassing hunger and fullness cues, being unaware of physical sensation and sensorial input and its effects on your unique physiology. So kind of ignoring how your body's feeling, maybe sitting in a position at your desk that doesn't feel good and you just keep sitting there or um, holding in your urges to go to the bathroom for a really long time because you're like not paying attention and the, the sensorial input. So not noticing, you know, wow, the lighting in here sucks. 
and I have the power to kind of alter that and I'm going to because it's giving me a headache or it's hurting my eyes. So just noticing your body. And another symptom lastly here, resentment towards your body and its urges and rhythms. So shaming yourself for being tired, going to great lengths to hide the fact that you bleed every month or that you excrete waste materials of all kinds, right? Blood, urine, feces, mucus, we, we do these things. This is part of being in a human body, own it. When we come to a place of deep embodiment, so really living in this body and body trust, we allow the ancient wisdom in ourselves to really take care of us so they know better than we do. All of the studying and the studies and the intellectualizing and planning and all of it, no, your body knows better than you do. The physical matter you are living in has codes of wisdom far beyond what you could even begin to fathom. So let her take care of you. When we come to that place of trust, we effortlessly make decisions, effortlessly. Not just about how to, to care for the body or what to put into the body, but decisions about everything in life. It's effortless because our body guides us and tells us. We have a keen ability to distinguish bullshit from our truth. We experience increased joy, pleasure, comfort, and confidence. Our health improves. Weight is maintained effortlessly. And there's an ability to flow with the natural changes of life. You know, there's something that, uh, that I have to comment on just as an aside to the listener out there. Um, you know, being Devin's partner for life and uh, cohabitator, you know, we don't like to use titles like husband and wife, but um, I can tell you that she, she like really lives what she's talking about. And sometimes I'm lucky enough to, uh, how should I say it, to catch some of her shine. And it's like seeing a magic trick and thinking, holy shit, how did you do that, you know? Um, I have one specific example that was the most profound one for me. And the first thing that came to my mind was like the miracle worker, like Helen Keller learning to communicate water for the first time. So I was trying to make a decision and I had option A and option B and I couldn't choose between them. And uh, this can happen to me sometimes when I want something to be true and I don't know if I'm just giving into wishful thinking or if I'm trying to convince myself of something. But basically, I have a history of poor decision making and now I don't trust my own judgment. Long story short. Um, so Devin's talking about not trusting your body. In my parlance, I would say not trusting my own judgment. But what she showed me was that it's the same thing. And mm -hmm. she did this with a really simple exercise that you, the listener, can play along at home if you'd like. She said, imagine a lie. What does that feel like? What do you feel and where in the body do you feel it? Okay, so you know what a lie feels like. Now think of something that is like unshakably true. What do you feel and where do you feel it? Okay, so now you know what a truth feels like. Now think about option A and does it feel more like a truth or a lie and think about option B. How does that feel? Where do you feel it? And it was like I was thunderstruck. Like <laughs> she just taught me how to go with my gut, literally. Like 
I've always known from a rational point that there's this incredible power in the subconscious and the body. I mean, just think about the complex systems that our body operates every moment of every day from digestion to circulation and breathing, hormone balancing. Our bodies are doing all kinds of tasks, incredibly complicated, minute, subtle tasks that thank goodness we don't have to consciously control because we'd be terrible at it. We cannot make conscious decisions as clearly and as decisively as our physical bodies can. The decision-making power in our bodies is incredible. So, and that's, that's without getting into anything woo or anything, you know, esoteric or like just from a purely rational, skeptical perspective, you've got to admit that the body is an incredible store of knowledge and wisdom. So being able to tap into that power was the coolest bit of magic that I have ever experienced. <laughs> You're so fucking cute. I love you so much. Thank you for sharing that story. I remember that. And yes, listeners, you can totally try this for yourself. And I had him, and I do this with clients all the time too. There's a couple of different variations to do it. But so in this case, I had him think of a lie and a truth and actually hear yourself say it can be really powerful and start, I mean, just keep it simple. It doesn't have to be, you know, like this, oh, a crazy lie or a crazy truth. I mean, just tell yourself, you know, my name is Fred. And obviously assuming your name is not Fred, then that is a lie, right? right? <laughs> so just, just telling yourself like something that you know isn't true, something simple and feel the, the frequency of that. Say it out loud, hold it in your body. It helps to, for me personally, to do this standing sometimes because it's like there's nothing really touching me you know when, when we're sitting um right now for example i'm sitting cross-legged on the floor so there's a lot of me that is grounded to the earth and I, I find when there's less of me grounded so when i'm standing and it's just my feet i can feel in this particular case of distinguishing truth and lie and feeling into different options it can be a little easier to be standing there's less of you that's grounded play with it and really notice how these these sensations arise and learning to distinguish the decision that is the best for you. Thank you for sharing that, babe. Yeah, I think that's an incredible, very clear example of trusting the body and getting into that. Absolutely, which brings us to the second pillar, which is nature connection. The key component in healing feminine shame is reconnecting to nature. And please, 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 if you have not listened to episode 17 on feminine shame and episode 15 on the mother wound, do it. Like, your time is precious, yes, and I would not invite you to do something that would be a waste of your time. Feminine shame impacts all of us. All of us. I am so passionate about this. The feminine principles apply to all of us, regardless of anatomy or gender identification. And if you followed me, you know that I tend to refer to the feminine and the masculine as the spiral and the triangle. The same reason I love using yoni, for example, like in my yoni course, or when I'm discussing the energies of yoni, is because, you know, words like pussy or vagina or masculine, feminine, they're quite loaded. Many of us already have preconceived notions and connotations with these words that can get in the way of accessing their their true essence that is beyond words. So anyway, I'm getting going down a rabbit hole. So all things that are impermanent and spirally and fluctuating are feminine, passive, and transient. And nature is the ultimate representation of this. The ultimate representation. Our core wound severs our connection to nature. You are nature, okay? 
it's not something outside of you. It's not something to go visit. It's not something like, oh, I'm going to go camp in nature. I'm going to go to nature. Like, no, you are nature, period. The seasonal flow, the sun, the moon, the soil, and the plants, it's all you. You're simply a different iteration of it. It's all you. We're all, it's all nature. Many things that we think of as normal and natural are actually the products of industrialized civilizations and are new concepts to the human being. These ways of being have severed our connection to the earth and ultimately the connection to ourselves and our very innate nature. And then we feel lost, discombobulated, purposeless, confused, angry, disconnected. I think I already said disconnected. I want to reiterate that. Disconnected. So things like living off of processed and fast foods, sitting all day, staring at screens from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep, living in climate-controlled environments, ignoring our circadian rhythms, pushing past our limits, glorifying exhaustion, and going against seasonal needs and flows. These have all contributed to the state of our planet, our rapidly declining physical and mental health, and honestly, to our crime rates, the objectification of women, and more. It's all connected. The waxes and wanes of nature exist for a reason. All living things on Earth require periods of rejuvenation, purging, expansion, and building. And those are also the ways that the season flows, yeah? We all require that. We aren't meant to exist in one of these phases indefinitely. And when operating from that core wound, from shame, this natural rhythm is lost. Add that to a lack of trust for the body, and oof, we got bigger challenges. And our previous episode, episode 23, is all about seasonal living, and I highly recommend checking that one out as well. The third pillar, one of my favorites, I mean, they're all my favorites, because they're all, they're all connected. You can't just, like, take one. However, I find this third one is often the most misunderstood and overlooked. And this is healing your subtle energies. So respecting your subtle, intuitive, empathic energies. Not resisting or being ashamed of your subtle, sensitive, empathic ways. I have felt so burdened by my sensitivities. And if you're a sensitive, empathic person, you, you get it. You understand. Your senses are literally more sensitive. Your body requires a bit more TLC on all levels. Bright lights, loud noises, crowds certain textures, uh, certain media, like it, it impacts you a lot more than, than the average. And so when we can work with these and come into a deep relationship with them, they're actually gifts. They truly are gifts. That's not just some like cliched bullshit that people say. I used to feel that way. Oh my gosh. Oh, these are your gifts. Your sensitivities, your superpower. There was such a time in my life where I was like, fuck you. What are you even talking about? No, it's not. But it is. It is. It is. So are you still resisting and resenting your sensitivity? Are you still trying to push past your limits in some kind of protest? And if so, how's that working out for you? You are a sensitive, empathic, intuitive creature. Own it. It's not a weakness. This, this subtle energy is what creates the universe. It creates life. So you are much more attuned to it and therefore get to work with it and therefore are just mega, massively creative and potent. And you talk about uh, resenting sensitivity, and this is uh, another area that I feel like I can speak on as your partner. Uh, it can be challenging sometimes to be the partner of a sensitive person. Um, 
I think it's become considered polite in our society to pretend that we don't see each other. That way we pretend like we don't see each other's flaws. But in the process, we turn everybody into like just passing ghosts, you know, but uh, being alive and being sensitive and aware, you acknowledge people and you acknowledge what you see and feel and being on the receiving end of that as your partner can be challenging. Uh, sometimes I revert to wanting to hide and to not be seen, you know? I mean that I, there, there were times when, and it's rare, but there can still be times when I feel like everything would just be easier if everybody pretended like I didn't exist. Like I crave that ghostliness and invisibility sometimes. And I know that my tendency to not want to be seen is a whole other topic, but my point is, for the sensitive, intuitive person out there, if you resent your sensitivity, it may be because you've had some person like me push back against it. You know somebody who has their own shame story and doesn't want to be seen, and so when you see them, they might try to shame you for seeing them and turn it around on you. So. My point is that just because somebody else isn't ready to be seen doesn't mean that you should be ashamed for seeing them or that there's anything wrong with your sensitivity. Mm, yeah, that's a really, really powerful reminder. I appreciate the, the perspective from the other side. Yeah, because especially as a highly sensitive person, you, you do, you see and hear everything. You see and hear what is not being shown or said. It's like really reading between the lines to the nth degree, right? And when you're shamed for that, you shut it down. But ultimately, you're you're like just a really gifted seer and healer. And when you can come into right relationship and have the, the confidence and the grounding to be able to speak to those things that you see and hear, you're truly a catalyst for remarkable transformation and healing. So yes, thank you, babe. That was really, really insightful. So master your subtle energy and have it work for you. Trusting your body where all of these sensations and information is stored and translated for you is key, as is returning to nature, living in those, those flows. Respecting your own energy will literally change your life. Respecting and knowing that the subtle creates the gross makes you the sovereign creatress of your own experience, period. Experiencing sensory overload, fatigue, poor boundaries, not feeling safe, not speaking up, feeling anxious, having difficulty receiving, having difficulty flowing, changing and aging and more are just some ways that disrespecting your subtle energies shows up in your life. Also common, a slew of various physical health issues, especially those involving the endocrine system. So hormonal and reproductive challenges, adrenal and thyroid problems, also digestive and autoimmune challenges. For example, today's autoimmune hepatitis is made in part by lifelong resentment, anger, bitterness, and pushing. And environmental toxins and other contributing factors, sure. And the road to wholeness and healing your physical body will be that much more arduous when you don't address the subtle building blocks of your experience and the things that have contributed to this physical manifestation that live in your subtle body. Okay, thank you. Lastly, the fourth pillar. We come to a place where we are able to transmute trauma into purpose. So 
you'll recall the the last symptom or the last block rather of the core wound that the core wound will create in your life is this distorted view and perception of your challenges so living in this place of like victim and resentment and not understanding why me why do i have to do this um, not seeing the opportunity and the gift in the challenge so when we can come to a place of being able to transmute that trauma into purpose i mean powerful doesn't even begin to to describe what you have just stepped into so sourcing wisdom and guidance and inspiration from your challenges from your core wound rather than ignoring them bypassing them or viewing them as a cross to bear that's like the secret sauce to the magical life that you desire on the spiral journey of transmuting our core wounds and unraveling shame we can arrive at a profound ability and this ability is to view the worst and most painful experiences of our lives as the greatest teachers and allies that we will ever have. And this ability is a gift and it's also a choice. As I just said, resentment and bitterness, hanging on to that victim mentality, wallowing and lamenting, feeling unworthy, shaming and hiding, these don't need to live in your system. These do not need to be a part of your experience. The greater your capacity to feel and experience challenge, the better you can source the same depth, intensity, and magnitude of joy. And I feel like that deserves to be shared one more time. Really, just listen to me. This is truth. I'm not lying to you. I'm not making up lofty ideals. The greater your capacity to feel and experience your challenges, the better you can then source the same exact depth, intensity, and magnitude of joy. So they're two sides of the same coin. And the deeper you can really get in to this core wound and like dance with it, make it your friend, that same intensity and depth of shit and pain and angst is available to you as its counterpart, joy and bliss and purpose. Developing authentic spiritual relationships within yourself that are not dogmatic, as well as deeply connecting to your vital essence and accepting yourself as divine and sacred are key parts of this process as well. So what are you ready to create from your perceived pain and struggle? What would life look like for you if you trusted your body's wisdom, if you lived in alignment with nature and flow and mastered your subtle energies? What would be possible? I'm really curious. Please come continue the conversation with me. Tell me about how you apply these four pillars to your life, what feels delicious and what feels challenging. Bring all the comments and the questions and the insights to me directly. You can reach out to me on my website, innerspark.life, and come join my tribe, my Facebook group, Transmuting to Nourish, Awaken, and Thrive. And that link is also on my homepage at innerspark.life. And I believe that is all the time we have for today. Babe, do you have anything else that you would like to share before we close? Uh, this was this was a lot of fun. I really like this one. They're always a lot of fun. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Put us together. <laughs> all right. So that's it. That's all we got today. If you're seeking guidance on your path and are ready to finally trust your body, live in connection with the natural ways, work with your subtle energies, and transmute pain into purpose, reach out to me and take advantage of one of the free mini sessions I offer each week. Visit innerspark.life to learn more and to schedule your core wound assessment session today. I can't wait to speak with you. If you loved the show, be sure to subscribe to it. Please leave us a review, it helps us out so much. And share the love with a friend. Be sure to catch us next time. So much love to you until then.